Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, guys. This is Trinity Wheeler. I'm here with Alan Shaw and Mary Beth Henderson. Good to be here. Mary Beth is looking very cute. She's in her sundress today. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Charleston. The weather's been insanely beautiful. I know. It's really that that stint in Charleston where you get why everyone and their mother is wanting to move here. Right. Absolutely. But we'll see how many of y'all are still around in August, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll still be around because I'm one of those crazy people that loves it at like 105 degrees outside. And Mm, you're basically a lizard. I am a lizard. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. If I'm in the cold, if I'm in the shade, get me in the sun immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back for the fourth installment of our Box Building the Business of Fitness series, where we dive into strategy and share lessons that go beyond fitness to be universal across entrepreneurships and startups. You can visit the online version of all these Box Building articles at boxbuilding.com, so make sure you check that out. I'm very proud of that URL. I know. We're very, very, very (laughs) proud of it. It's officially official. I love that. And also, it's just been such an amazing time with you guys, too, really digging deep and the the past experiences that we've had to really put it in one sort of thing to follow along with, which sure. has been awesome. Yeah. And, and so to recap, we kicked it off with mission control, starting your mission. We went next to core values mm. and then last to knowing your role. And so step four in our 10-step series is about building the A-team and surrounding yourself with the right people to make your vision a reality. <laughs> Yeah. So I love the reason why I laugh is because uh, this takes practice. This takes practice over time, Um, and there are. I think. I think when it came to the mission and the core values, that was obviously our driving force when it came to Mm -hmm. building the A team, but. Yes, having that clear vision is great, but then also knowing how to ask the right questions and see the right things when you're hiring people and when it's also like there's the dating period with a Mm -hmm. person that's in your team. And then it's, I call it the, you know, is it, is it going to be the same person that you wake up, you know, a year from now <laughs> when you you turn over in the bed and you're like, oh, that's who I'm you really... I'm glad you're still here. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you're still there. Versus, well, I also you know. think that everything we've talked about up until this point is there are really things that you can proactively do or you can do as far as preparatory work. Mm-hmm. You know, even on your own. On your own. Yep. You have complete control over yep. them before you start your business. Yeah. Now we're talking about bringing it, you know, other people into the mix, yeah. which is part of like the spice of life. Yeah. But it's also... Making that chili. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but then it's it's... It also introduces a lot of variables that are going to be outside of your control. Right. Um, and, you know, so I think part of the the experience around this is, you know, you go into it with an idea of what you think it's going to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have to bust your chops with it a little bit and go back and revisit and be like, all right, I learned some things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now I know better. Yeah. Right. So part of what I, I'm excited to talk about today is I think we're y- y'all are bringing not only your expertise but your experience to the table. So it's almost a little bit of like if if you want to follow this, then maybe you can avoid some things that you know you don't necessarily have to learn the hard way. Yeah. Right? I mean, th- this is definitely 
I think one of the greatest areas that we've learned the most. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Because what we always said from the very beginning is that your greatest asset that you have as a business owner are your people, your team, the people that you surround yourself with. They are going to keep you going every day and they're going to deliver the experience that you want to get across. Right. But when those people don't fully buy into the core values or maybe there's character traits that don't fit with your mission, they become your greatest liability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's super important, that hiring process in the beginning, to really come up with a process that works for you and works for your company so that... you know, it's not the five minute interview that you're like, yeah, let's let's go with it. Mm-hmm. But to really get in depth with someone yeah. to really make sure that they do align with that mission and those core values, and then they fulfill what you need them to within your business. Right. You know, I think it's it's the it's interesting because our process over time has evolved to where it was a fairly short process, two twofold. It's a twofolder. Twofolder. Uh, the first fold is that. Um, when you need to hire somebody, it's either, okay, you're getting the team set prior to um, starting a venture, or you have gotten to a point where your business now needs an extra person and you have pressure to hire that person. That pressure is good, but then there's also, you can't let that pressure cloud your judgment. Right. Because that's a big, that's a big like red flag to me is that like what I've learned is that you know, when you're growing as an entrepreneur in a small business, those are the moments just like, okay, okay, I need to hire somebody because I need to take a few, I need to take this load off of me so I can focus more on running the business versus being in the business. You can't let that cloud your judgment in this thing, like just get somebody in and then we'll figure out the character traits later Mm -hmm. because it's very much like a dating process. I go back to the dating process is that, you know, when you see red flags in a first date, you can't just slough them off. Yep. You can't be like, oh, he sips his, he like slurps his soup. Uh, uh, <laughs> it'll be totally fine. Well, uh, it'll be, no. Two years in, you're going to be like, if you freaking slurp that soup one more time, you know, start a deal. That's, that's the way that I, <laughs> that's the way that I view it. Um, but then the, uh, I just lost my train of thought, but that's, that's like the primary was like, man, I, when you go for, um, like the, if you allow the fear of like, oh God, I just need to get this, this off my plate. That's when it can start to take you off the rails. Right. And, and I think to your point, whenever, you know, my clients, we talk about coming to a hiring decision there, there is always that pressure and that creates a false sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so false, but in, in the moment it feels like I have to take care of this immediately. Um, but I go back to what you said about Trinity, about liability, um, when you're in the hiring process, regardless of external pressures, mm-hmm. you have to think long term. You have to be thinking about, you know, your your end game here because, you know, when we we talk about liabilities um, that come with the wrong hire, one, it's expense. It's just brass tax money lost mm-hmm. in, you know, investing in the wrong kind of asset. You know, the resources invested in onboarding them. And then ultimately offboarding them, but then it's also the time and energy. Huge. Because there's a lot of emotional labor that goes into navigating a wrong hire and yeah. trying to to deal with that. Um, because of course, you know, over time you you get better about identifying it and then correcting. Yeah. But I'll go ahead and say, like for me, and and I'm sure y'all will agree, those first couple missteps, like 
it takes a long time and a lot of like energy and, and emotional drain because you don't, you, you, you don't want to let it go. Well, a prime example too, Trinity, and I'm going to, I'm going to take you to your producing side mm-hmm. is that when you hire somebody in a cast, mm-hmm. ultimately you're looking at like, okay, how long do we have them? Do we have them for six months? Do we have them for a year? And ultimately you want the hire to be as long-term as possible when it comes to sort of that core group of people. Because ultimately the the amount of money that you're going to have to spend to rehire the next person, to take them through the rehearsal process, to get their costumes refitted, to then go in, put them into the show, it's like... It's a lot of budgeting that really goes into that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, two things that I would say when, when, when it's time to hire someone, I always recommend that, you know, when, when someone's interviewing, the, it's it's their highlight reel is what you're seeing. It's just like someone's Instagram account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your goal when you're hiring someone is to sort of pull back the layers of the onion to see that you really what you're seeing is reality with mm-hmm. that person. And so I always say, get them out of your business. Like, go to lunch, have the meeting there. Not only see how they interact with you, but see how they interact with other people. See how they interact with the wait staff. See how they interact with everyone they come in contact with. Because that's very telling. Um, and then secondary, if it's not your first hire and you have other people on your staff, enlist them to help as well and get their feedback. Yeah, and that it, was the biggest thing for us is we had every person in our staff come in contact with the new hire and we got feedback from every single person yeah. because I mean, ultimately it's not going to just be us that interacts with them on a daily basis. It's going to be everybody. Um, and I think that's incredibly important. Absolutely. So we set up three clear buckets to set up before you start your hiring. And I think the first one we call is set expectations mm-hmm. and it's clear, detailed expectations. So this is when you get into a job description. Sure. So, get that job description laid out, really make sure it's exactly what you want so that the person that you're hiring, you're very transparent about what the job is because what we don't like as owners and as employees are surprises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always have this thing where I say, no surprises. <laughs> I don't want any surprises. So you, to, to, to that's in life too. Yeah. <laughs> let's just pull, let's just drop that too. Real. Yeah. He you're doesn't like surprises <laughs> just no. in yeah. general. He's like, well, what's I'm not going? a surprise kind of guy. Same. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like it. I, I like being prepared and knowing exactly what I'm walking into. Yeah. And um, and I think that's really important. So get that job description down and really make sure it fulfills your needs. Mm-hmm. And I take it a step further. In in addition to just the brass tacks of what you want the role to look like and the duties that need to be performed and the skill set required and, and all of those, you know, kind of black and white finite mm-hmm. entities. Also picture the person mm-hmm. who's going to be successful in that role. Um, and and try to go beyond kind of the tired and contrived, like, I like a problem solver. So does everyone, right? (laughs) This is more about what is the... (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, you're going to, you're going to create problems. No, dig deeper. Um, Use your words. No, it's, it's more about, you know, picture the type of person and personality that is going to be successful in this role because, and, and that'll bring us to our next point, that makes it a lot easier and streamlined to move into hiring character and training skill. Yep. Um, and this is something that I know we talk about a lot and, and I'm a firm believer in, you know, I would much rather 
bring in someone who has the right personality, the right character, and I want to teach them everything. Right. Yeah. Instead of expecting someone to come to me fully baked. And and and, and to go back to Alan's point, this is our second bucket. Like Mary Beth says, it's higher character and trained skill. It's that when you start feeling that pressure as a business owner to hire someone, your go-to instinct is like, let me hire someone that knows exactly what they're doing so mm-hmm. they can just easily fulfill this and so I don't have to train. Hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. So Alan and I, and I don't consider it a mistake because our, our first hire that we ever had at the gym, I think was actually a, a big gift for us yeah. as new business owners yeah. because he taught us everything that we needed to know. Yeah, for sure. Because what we did when we were doing our first hire was just like that. We wanted an experienced coach, you know, with so many years of experience, mm-hmm. so many certifications. And we really weren't focusing on character. We were focus- focusing on job ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what we found out over a year is like necessarily those core values did not align with the with the mission of our business. Right. And so no matter how good of a coach he was, it just never aligned with what we were trying to do. So he never bought in. Right. That's yeah. not his fault. That's not our fault. That's that it's actually it is it is our fault because we yeah. weren't transparent with what we really wanted. And from him, as far as character goes, and we were still at that point figuring out, you know, what, yes, we have these three magic words that are core values, but what does it really mean? And what does that really mean with your staff? But that sets you up for success, right? Because then if you as a business owner can take that, be humble enough to fix it, and then in turn, your business gets more uh, more in sync over time, then that's where success lies, right? If you are a business owner that's like, oh, well, it doesn't feel that great, man, doesn't feel that right, and your mission and core values aren't really set in stone or really set in place, then all of a sudden your, your business changes over time, and then five or six years from later, or if you make it to that point, um, your business has changed, and you're like, I don't know what happened. Totally. Well, that was from the very beginning setting that in stone and being able to have buy-in from your people about what your mission and core values are. Sure. So what we learned from after that first hire was let's find the right person for the business with the right character traits. Because here's the deal. We can teach anyone to be an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we have systems and processes in place that really will turn out great coaches over time. It's constant, constant feedback loop, right? Transparency. So we can train someone that's self-motivated. This is a big thing of mine too, because you always have to know if someone doesn't want to be motivated, nothing you can do <laughs> will change that. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> people have to be people have to want it. Yeah. Yes. Before they can get better. Yeah. I've learned this working with athletes over mm. the years. It's like some of the most talented athletes that you can work with. You can set the perfect platform for them yeah. to train in, but if they don't want it, you can't push them there. Right. There's yeah. nothing you can do. There's nothing there. you can do. You just have to, you have to accept that. That's just across also, the board, though. It's a right? conversation it I had is. with Chris Henshaw, who is a, a great endurance coach and in, mm-hmm. in sort of in the CrossFit sphere. And he and I had this very conversation about they have to be self-motivated. They can work mm-hmm. with the best coaches in the world, but if they don't want it, forget yeah. it. Yeah. I also think that a, another benefit about that commitment to training skill is that it, it really just from the start sets the platform for 
um, that mutual buy-in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're willing to invest in a hire or a team member and you're willing to give them the training and resources they need to be better and be successful, then you're truly investing in them as an individual. You're investing in their career. So there's that that mutual respect and appreciation there. Mm-hmm. And then conversely, like they they feel like they are a part of what you're doing. Totally. You know, and, and we talk about this a lot. No one will love your business as much as you do mm-hmm. as the owner, but you can get pretty damn close. You can get pretty close with, you know, a team that's truly invested in the mission and where you're going and what you're doing. And so much of that is going to come from that, you know, mutual respect and, and that, you know, taking that time and investment to build someone up with you. Yeah. Well, no one also wants to be in a job that they're you know, they get and it just stays the same for years, sure. right? They want to be, boring. yeah, they want to be in a job that like they are continually being educated on how to be better than they were the day before. Mm-hmm. I think that's the pure and true sign of a great business is that you have stepping stones that lead you to a better place a year from now or two years from now. Um, and uh, we, it took us a while to get to that point, yeah. but I think that's uh, just one cautionary tale about when you hire character and you train skills. Mm -hmm. you cannot forget to train them because sometimes Mm. when you're running a hundred miles an hour to take care of your business and you hire someone, you have to dedicate the time to them to train them. Mm -hmm. So don't magically expect that by osmosis, they're going to learn what you want them to do and how you want them to do it. You have to take the time to train. But if you invest that time, the long-term growth of yeah. that person is infinite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's front-loaded, it but is. you're only ever as good as your onboarding. Absolutely. Yeah, so sure. you know, get that onboarding. We'll talk later in the series about systems and processes, and onboarding is a huge part of that. Yeah. But um, that is going to come become very key. Yeah. The last point that I wanted to put in here uh, on this topic is about asking the hard questions, and this is in the hiring process. And there's really sort of three questions that you can always ask. And it's like, do they want it? Do they get it? And do they have the capacity to deliver? Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the three things that I always focus on. So breaking it down, you know, do they want it? Is it something that they really want to do? Or is this just a paycheck to someone? Mm-hmm. And, and if it's just a paycheck, it's probably not the right person for you. They have to have a passion about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, do they get it? Do they get your mission? Do they get your goals? Does it align with you? Yeah. Right. That's pretty straightforward. And last, do they have the capacity? Like, do they have the time? Do they have the ability to do this? Right. And in, you know, going back to, you know, your commitment to training them, you know, it's also about, do they have the the mental fortitude? Do they have the discipline? Like, you know, what are some of those like, you know, personality and, and, personal characteristics that are, that are required in order for them to be successful. Um, so it's also, I think, taking a step back and looking and saying, you know, if I provide you with the resources and the time and, and the systems and processes, do I believe you will take it and run with it? Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that self starter Mm -hmm. that, that you're always looking for. And that's but, all it is. I mean, th- that's what it's about, building that A team. And it's like, and if you build that dream team, you can make your vision a reality. Yeah. You know, and it's so important. Just, well, and just to reiterate, it, you know, when you look at the core values of your business, your personal core values should also be pretty damn aligned with that, with your own personal, your personal and your business core values should be very much 
in line because when you hire somebody that you're hiring off of your core values, those are innately inside of you. And so those will be things that you're looking for in those people. Yep. Like for me, yes, being hungry and being wanting, wanting to be better than you were the day before or striving to be more is incredibly important to me. So if somebody comes in and sh- on the surface, it looks like that. But then when we dive deeper, it's not there. That's a major issue, yeah. yep. you know, just as an example. Well, and I also think in, in the vein of asking the hard questions, demand ask demand that hard questions are asked of you. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a lot of that kind of initial interview process and, and where I think both employers and employees tend to not necessarily get it wrong, but approach it in, mm-hmm. in the wrong way. I always think that interviews should be a two-way street. They should really feel it's a conversation and it should truly feel like both parties are coming together to understand if they want to work together. Um, so, you know, as far as asking those questions and peeling back the layers of the onion, the the dynamic shouldn't be like you're sitting there rapid firing (laughs) a million and five questions at someone. It it should feel like a conversation. And, And I'm always impressed and encouraged when someone comes to an interview process and they're asking hard questions of me yeah. and my business about, you know, where is, you know, where is my organization going? How are they going to grow within it? You know, I want to know what their yeah. future plans are and how they align. So it should feel hefty yeah. um, oh. from both sides. And, and so I think, you know, of course, as the employer and the owner, you want to drive that process and you want to lead that process, but also be open and expect to receive and be ready to answer those hard questions in return. Yeah. Completely agrees. And that'll lead perfectly into the next episode, which is about speaking the hard truth and transparency and communication. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. Mary Beth Allen, you guys are the greatest. Thank you. Hey, if you're enjoying Rhapsody Radio, make sure you click follow or subscribe down below and give us that five-star review. It really helps us spread the good word. Yes, it does. You can follow us on Instagram at Rhapsody Radio Show or email us at info at RhapsodyRadio.com. We'll see you back here. Bye. Bye.